Welcome back to the Live Revised Podcast. Guys, as you're catching this in real time, it is October 1st. Holy moly. Don't forget to change your calendar and heads up. Don't forget to change your clocks because that's happening uh, in another month. A lot of change is coming our way as we hit this part of the year, which is a perfect reason for us to talk about making change and specifically how to choose and yes, choose your new normal. Well, 2020, I know we have, we've said it here. You've seen it on social media. It's being talked about a lot. That <laughs> 2020 has been a, a no good crummy year with a lot of things that came out of left field. We just weren't expecting to be facing some of the challenges that we've all been facing as a globe, as a nation in society uh, that we have, we've experienced this year. But, you know, even if you take all of that out of the equation, let's just look at our normal day-to-day life. No matter who you are or where you're at, life hands you challenges and obstacles that you may not have anticipated. And sometimes those things come and it requires you to make a change. The word on the street for 2020 is that we've all had to learn how to pivot. Uh, And maybe that's how you feel But I have to believe that we will experience the need to pivot or change or adapt uh, just because life asks us to do that. We're never in the same place. We, We move, we grow, we evolve, and life's circumstances require us. It requires us to be willing to adapt and change as things come up. You may be sitting here thinking about something specific to 2020 that has happened to you, or maybe just some other aspect of life that you've experienced in the past that you know required you to really alter maybe the way you live, the way you think, who you're around, maybe where you work, how you manage your money. I mean, the list could go on and on. My life, especially as an adult, has been riddled with opportunities (laughs) to change And a lot of those things that came that were challenges or obstacles that really required me to look at my quote unquote new normal were at my own hand, at my own bad choices or mistakes or failures. And a lot of times we experience the need to change when we have gone through something not so positive, Uh, a divorce, a bankruptcy. For me, it was experiencing time in prison. Um, and divorce and bankruptcy, by the way, (laughs) I've experienced it all. Maybe it's experiencing the death of a loved one or a job loss or something challenging with your kids that, you know, really requires you to reassess and to reevaluate maybe what you do as a family or as parents. We call this the Live Revised Podcast for a reason because we want to embrace the changes that come our way and to look at it as an opportunity to maybe just be better today than we were yesterday. Be okay with changing and adapting and growing. I love the word revised. Uh, You'll see me use it a lot. You also will see me use the word revision a lot, not only because that's the name of our parent company, but because it is what I feel like life wants us to be. And that is to be able to be revised, to make revisions, to make change. 
And there's something really beautiful about the prefix re. If you attach it to other words, it means hope. It means renewal. It means to do again, to start over a clean slate, a fresh perspective, all of which is hopeful. All of it can be inspiring, but let's be honest. It can also be uncertain and there can be a lot of fear when we're talking about change and revising aspects of our life. We are about to head into a holiday season that is going to look like something we've never experienced before. Given the limitations and some of the precautions that I know people will continue to make and adhere to through the holidays, you might be faced with some additional challenges or some additional sticky situations and learning how to adapt to that and learning how to change accordingly can really ruffle your feathers. I mean, let's face it. We all have a lot of holiday traditions and things that we look forward to in the holiday season. Maybe some of that's not going to come about in the exact same way this year, whether it's about holidays or Christmas dinners or gift giving or Thanksgiving suppers just in general, moving into the end of the year, rolling around into 2021, and just knowing what you want your life to be about, you're going to have change. And change sometimes makes us cranky. <laughs> Let's just be real, right? It makes us cranky. We don't like having to do things a certain way out of our norm, be pushed out of our box, have to step out into something unknown. Whether you like change or not, it's, it's going to happen and we have to figure out a way to work through it. I tend to be one that loves change. I love that today is October 1st and that we are looking at a brand new month and a new season. And to me, that, that newness, the opportunity to experience a new month, a new season, that change brings excitement. When things alter or change, it brings a lot of energy for me and excitement for me. And I kind of like the challenge of what's going to come in a season of change. However, sometimes change isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's a super bad thing. And when change is thrown at you and it's not of your choosing, that's when we usually don't like it. I have had someone tell me before, I don't mind change as long as it's on my terms when I want it and how I want it. <laughs> that's a control issue coupled by a fear of change, right? But let's let's really get into this idea of how do we prep ourselves emotionally and mentally and physically for not only the holiday season, but the change that we may be facing right now in our lives, how we can choose a new normal that really fits with who we are, our mission, our purpose in life, and what makes us feel purpose-filled and passion-filled. That's ultimately what we're looking for, right? We want life to be full of purpose and significance. Uh, and we want it to be something we enjoy living, that we can pop up out of bed, ready to chase the day, ready to go after it. And change sometimes makes us want to stay under the covers. But what if we choose the new normal? What if we made the choice to embrace change and we could be more in control of the change and of the challenge. I want to give you some new food for thought on this idea and to tell you that I think there is a lot that we can control. And in a situation like the pandemic we faced this year, the feeling of not being in control was 
what drove people to a lot of fear. And even in the situation that we face this year, you have the opportunity to choose the control and to choose to accept the new normal and to make it your new normal. So let's talk about some specific things that you can do and maybe adapt and apply in your own uh, circumstances and in your own life. Let's first talk a little bit about what it means to look at change and have a new normal in the area of expectations. And this is the perfect time of year, the perfect time of year to talk about expectations. Because as we head into this holiday season, we all go with the expectation that we're going to have a heartwarming, super warm and fuzzy Christmas experience or Thanksgiving dinner, whatever it might be that you're looking forward to with the holidays, we can attach a lot of crazy expectations to it. We can expect that all of the family is going to get along and we're all going to hug it out and be uh, excited to be in each other's space uh, and to celebrate the season together. But the reality may be that there's people that don't get along and there's tension sometime between family members and just the tension of this year may cause that warm and fuzzy feeling to be a little bit dampened. Or you might be looking at expectations like how your kids will behave, that they will use perfect table manners at the Thanksgiving table. Reality is that's probably not going to be the case because come on, let's face it. It never goes that way, right? I think about an expectation that was really just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Uh, A couple of years ago, my husband and I moved from kind of living out in the country away from um, like additions and suburbs and that sort of thing. Uh, We moved from that into the opposite, into an addition and into kind of a suburbia feeling. And we were so excited for Halloween. That first year we thought, oh man, we will have trick-or-treaters galore. We couldn't wait. We decorated the house. We got all these cute things to put out in our yard, uh, bought tons and tons and tons of candy just couldn't wait. We knew our addition was full of kids. There's an addition kind of across the street from us that's full of kids. And we're close to kind of the the downtown area of our little town. So we just thought this would, this would be a no brainer. Like this is going to be just a great experience of passing out candy and, and having fun on this Halloween night. Two kids, two kids showed up, two kids. (laughs) And we were left with all of this candy and we were so disheartened because we had expected this super fun, exciting night and we were looking forward to it and we planned our our schedules around it to be able to come home and be ready and ready to go and to have this really fun experience. And two kids, two kids came. So I have to say over the last couple of years that expectation is not as great, but every year we expect to have more trick-or-treaters. We think, surely, surely this will be the year that more trick-or-treaters will come. And it's never that way. It's always two kids. Maybe last year we had three kids. I don't know. But this year we're holding out hope a little bit that, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more trick-or-treaters to the door. But, you know, that's a silly example, but that's a reality as far as expectations go that you can really get your feelings hurt or get rubbed raw or kind of walk away not sure how you feel about something if expectations are really high 
and it kind of ruins or dampens your experience. I think about my poor mom who would host Thanksgiving uh, for our family and she would spend all day, you know, getting ready, getting the food ready and would expect for family members to show up and then they wouldn't show up. Certain family members wouldn't make it. And then there was a little bit of a disheartening feeling of that expectation not being met. Or you expect for it to be this beautiful dinner experience and you have that crazy one relative that just knows how to bring the wrong vibe to the table, (laughs) Uh, say the wrong thing, make the wrong joke. You know how it is, right? And that expectation kind of gets dashed. One of my favorite examples of expectations gone wrong It's from this movie. It's an older movie called Funny Farm. Uh, It stars uh, Chevy Chase, and it's a funny movie. But the guts of the movie is the fact that him and his wife moved to this cute little country town, and he's a writer, and he expects that being in this ideal setting, this beautiful little town, will inspire his writing, and he'll be able to pen the next great American novel from the be- this beautiful home he's bought in this beautiful ideal setting in this cute little town. And when they saw the home and they came to the town to, to purchase the place, everything was great. And then they moved there, and expectations do not meet reality. <laughs> and what ensues is all of this chaos that unfolds Uh, that does not meet the expectations that he had for that purchase and that move. Uh, It's a great movie. You should go check it out if you can find it. It's a great, great, great movie. But it's a great example of expectations. You know, when you set yourself up that this is going to be the answer, this is going to be the end all, this is going to be the thing that makes everything possible and everything right, and then it doesn't happen, oh man, that can hurt. You think that this is going to be the job that sets you up, or this is going to be the financial gain that's going to make everything work and everything be right. This is going to be the perfect relationship, or finally the right school we get our kids in that make them, you know, be academic scholars. You know, and those expectations sometimes just aren't met. And so as we kind of sit in this feeling of normal, what it is now, our new normal, um, I want you to choose a normal that encompasses realistic expectations. And especially as we head into the holidays, realistic expectations for those holidays. And what does that, what does that look like? How do you craft that expectation? Well, part of it is sitting with your own self and deciding like, what's really important here? What's really the thing I want to get most out of this season or out of this holiday or out of this time of the year or this family experience? And really, it's probably not going to be something attached to tangible items or specific things that you're going to put on the calendar. It's more the feeling. It's more the satisfaction, maybe more the relationship part of it. And so train your mind and your heart to set your sights on that and not get caught up in all the fancy frills, all the hustle and bustle, all of the (laughs) trick-or-treaters, and to focus more on the thing that matters the most to you. And so what if Aunt Jane shows up to Thanksgiving and makes the wrong joke or says the wrong thing at the the Thanksgiving table? Are you still getting the chance to experience family and the warmth of family? Then it's still a win. 
So what if your kid spills, you know, mashed potatoes all down the front of him just as you're getting ready to have your meal? <laughs> While that moment will probably not be super fun, it may increase the tension in you a little bit. Is it something you all can laugh at? Is this something that you all can still move past and, and enjoy the moment together? Absolutely. And that's what you got to hang your hat on. When we're looking at life and we're thinking about relationships, especially expectations can get us in a lot of trouble when we expect um, a new bride or a new uh, groom to do all the things we think they should do to be the ideal partner and the ideal Mr. Fix it or the ideal cook. Um, then we realize that they're, they're real humans and they aren't perfect and they may say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or let something burn or let something break. And, you know, reality all of a sudden kind of happens and it's that whole phrase of the honeymoon is over. You realize that you've married someone who is not perfect. <laughs> well, the same thing continues, right? Your relationship grows and evolves. And as seasons change and your relationship changes, expectations can get you in trouble. Like you're going to have an empty nest and now you have this expectation of all of this wonderful time together as maybe a couple or all of this time that you get to reconnect. But then you might find the reality is you kind of have to learn how to reconnect again, maybe. Situations changed. And so what do you do with all of this time together? Or maybe you've transitioned into a retirement season and you're under each other's feet and the expectation of grand travels and all of these wonderful, you know, afternoons spent together all of a sudden annoys the snot out of you, right? So expectations can set us up for failure and can leave us disappointed. So ask yourself what you really want. And especially if this includes other people that are important in your life, family members, spouses, significant others, even a boss or employees, it's important to maybe communicate some of what you're wanting and some of what you realize the situation may call for and to really communicate as a group, what is the expectation we want here? What is the realistic expectation we're shooting for? And considering the circumstances, considering what we're up against, considering the season we're in, considering what we're facing as an obstacle or facing as a barrier, what is the reality that we should expect? What is the truth of the situation? And let's embrace that and make that the thing that we measure our quote unquote new normal against. So when we talk about a new normal or your normal, one of the things that you may have seen change or maybe need to change is in your time. When we had to experience a little more at home time because of the pandemic, I think we kind of all started to see a glimpse of a more simple life. This running after all the things, doing all the stuff, being available and obligated to all the people, uh, all of a sudden kind of like reduced itself because we just weren't in a situation to maybe have all the events or do all of the things. And so I, th I think we kind of got comfy in our armchairs a little bit, being able to have some downtime and reconnect with maybe our family or our spouse or significant other because we were at home with them. Now, granted, I know some of us kind of got bored with that. <laughs> we're ready to get back to um, where we could experience things with other people. But overall, I think we started to see how we went from such an extreme of all these things crammed on our calendar to nothing on the calendar. 
And what if your normal, your choosing normal, meant that you were in a little bit more control of that calendar? Even now, even as things start to open up and life kind of gets back going again, you still control your time. Of anything that you have a say over, it is your 24 hours that you have today. How you spend it, where it goes, what you do with it. Sometimes we give up that control by feeling obligated to say yes to things or obligated to overcommit or be in a certain place or do a certain thing. The reality is, is that we can really experience burnout because of doing too much, even too much of a good thing. There was a really good friend of mine that was talking to me about business and we were discussing, you know, success and running for our goals and dreams and pushing for the next level. And y'all know that's always a topic I'm down for. Like we're always going to have a a commonality there if you want to discuss goal setting and purpose. But sometimes, you know, we have to balance that with perspective because sometimes the things that we're pushing for, we may find don't really satisfy And in her situation, she had worked really hard to reach a certain level in her business that was going to come with some great rewards. And uh, it was going to come with a trip and some other extra bonuses. But because of the pandemic, those things didn't flush out. It didn't get to have the same experiences. In essence, those rewards were kind of taken off the table. And in such, she realized that in reaching that level and earning those awards and getting those little perks they didn't really fulfill the heart. It didn't really satisfy the need for her to have done all that push, all that work. And so there was some question in her mind about, you know, what's what's really important here and what do I really want to connect myself to? And, and what's my real reason, you know, for doing this and being in this uh, job or this business that I have? And as we kind of wrapped our conversation up, it really made me stop and think about some of what we just allow to get on our calendar and what we expend our energy for doesn't always lead us to the satisfaction that we're looking for or the significance that we're looking for. There's a real great definition of burnout that I love. And it's the definition of it says that we experience exhaustion and emotional fatigue when we do all the things, do all the work, push ourselves, and yet we don't get this the satisfaction or the results that we're looking for. So here you are doing all that you can to be all that you can. And then when you get to the finish line, the reward isn't, isn't what fits anymore. It isn't what satisfies it. It isn't what you wanted. It's like when you're thirsty or you're hungry and you find the thing to drink or eat, but it doesn't satiate you. It doesn't quench your thirst. You know, we can experience that in our careers and our relationships on in our emotional well-being is we're pushing, 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 yet it doesn't really solve the, the issue or doesn't fill the void. So how do we make sure we don't do that? You know, a lot of times this is what happens to people in their early adult life. And then they reach that midlife issue, crisis, breakdown, whatever you want to call it, because all this while they've been working so hard to launch the career, find the wife, buy the house, have the kids, get the dog, you know, all the things. And then they wake up and go, oh, none of this really fit the bill. None of this really fit the bill. None of it feels right. None of it satiates me. And so now I'm going to go off and look for something else. Well, how can you avoid that? 
Because let me tell you, you don't have to wait till midlife to have a midlife crisis. You can have a midweek crisis if you're experiencing some of this. And so how do we not do that? How do we not move that way? Well, it's going to require something different from you. This idea of a new normal, a choosing a new normal may mean that you need to come back to what matters most. And that may mean changing what shows on your calendar, creating more space, creating more margin so that you can stay connected to the things that matter most to you. The problem with all of this is that we tend to get value and worth, or we try to achieve value and worth by all that we do instead of just by who we are. See, if we can determine who we are as individuals, then we can apply who we are to the things that we do. And then that in and of itself brings us the significance we're looking for. I'll use myself as an example. And y'all have heard me say this before. I know that who I am is an encourager. If I never launched this podcast, if I never had this motivational company, if I never took a stage, I would still be about encouraging people. That is just in my nature. It's how I'm wired. So it just so happens that I took who I am and I have applied it to this business, to this podcast, to my speaking career, to my writing career. And in such, that's what I do. It allows me to feel significance and purpose because I'm carrying that out. But let's pull out the business because you might be thinking, oh, that's easy for you, Christy. You created a whole business around the thing that you are. But let's say that that wasn't the case. I am an encourager. My job, let's say, is sacking groceries at the grocery store. I could still be about encouraging others in my day-to-day activity while I'm greeting customers as they come through the line with my coworkers, with the people that I see in the parking lot as I go about and run my errands. I mean, you name it, right? I would still be Christy. Christy doesn't end at the job when I clock out. I'm still me. Christy doesn't end when she leaves the house in the morning. I'm still Christy. So I'm still carrying around who I am throughout my day. And then I can attach that encouraging part of me to the things that I do And at the end of the day, I feel authentic and real and genuine, which makes me feel significant and purposeful and gives me a life of passion. The same thing can happen for you. What is it that that you are about? Who are you? Are you someone like myself that's encouraging, inspiring? Maybe you're a nurturer where you like to build relationships and, and invest in people Maybe you're kind of a caretaker type that likes to make sure everyone's doing okay and you're the first person to sort of be there with a a pot of chicken soup if someone's not feeling well. Maybe you're a good listener and great with, you know, being a sounding board for people or you're great at giving advice. Maybe you're a great problem solver. Whatever it is, you can find that inside of you. It is who you are. It's true to who you are. And then you go about doing that in the thing that you do. Just like an acorn is going to be an acorn is going to be a tree. It's not going to be a sunflower, right? It's going to be what it is. And if it can be what it is, then it's going to have a greater purpose. And it's going to fulfill that purpose because the acorn decided that, yep, I will go ahead and be a tree. Not, oh, you know what? I think I would rather be a sunflower or a tomato plant, like right? That would never happen. So we want to make those connections 
And sometimes that means the calendar and our time has to have some space in it. One, for us to even uncover who we really are. And two, it allows us to slow down long enough to know those opportunities when they're standing before us and we can act out of who we are. You might also find that in the evaluation of where your time is spent and how your calendar looks, there are a lot of things that don't vibe or gel with who you are. And it may require you to sort of say no to that, to take it off the list and to move it off your plate. You'll have more of a significant feeling in a concentrated effort of just maybe even a couple of hours a week, you know, focusing on what you really want to focus on rather than spreading yourself thin across a hundred different obligations. Sometimes doing more is just doing more. It isn't doing more good or having more purpose. And that's probably what you're really looking for. So take a moment to look at where your time was spent last month. We're sitting here on the first day of the month. You have a great perspective over what happened the last 30 days. And you're sitting on the threshold of the next 30 days. What is on the calendar that maybe doesn't need to be there? What's in your to-do list that doesn't connect you to who you are? Are you living out who you are? Or are you trying to absorb value and purpose and significance out of just all the hats that you wear? Because eventually those hats go away. And you may change those hats for something else. And if your value and identity is only ever attached to the hat, then you're left feeling exposed and without an identity and without a purpose the moment that hat goes away. So let's just recap for a second. Because your new normal needs to take into account realistic expectations and knowing when those expectations start to get a little out of whack, how to reel those back in and keep yourself into some good perspective there. It also includes knowing where your time is spent, knowing how you're choosing and to control that calendar, and that you're really working on living out who you are, not just doing all the things you do. And the third thing I want to talk about in this whole concept of creating and choosing your normal is really the health and wellness of you as an individual. We are getting ready to walk into an emotional battlefield. (laughs) Sometimes the holiday season is packed with all the feels. And sometimes those feels are not so great. Maybe there's loneliness or there's uh, missing someone that's not in your life anymore. Maybe it's uh, grieving, you know, things that didn't happen this year as the year comes to an end. All of these emotions that, that sort of tap into us at this time of the year So many of those we've already experienced this year. This has been an emotionally charged year and we're running right into the thick of it when we hit the holidays. Whether it's the holiday season or it's spring, it doesn't really matter. Keeping our our self healthy emotionally, physically, uh, mentally is critical in order for us to really feel in control, to really feel as if we are driving the ship. And so the thing that I'm going to challenge you to do is to really look at how do you take care of you? And this is more than just popping into a bubble bath or eating a chocolate bar. This is about the thing that makes your body work inside and out. So one of the things that I know helps us most when we're really feeling the weight of the emotional toll that anything could be having on us, it's to move our bodies. 
There is something about putting motion to our emotion. So whether you're going for a walk or you get up and, and do a little dance party in your kitchen, or you go out and throw the ball around with your dog or your kids, or you hit the gym, whatever the movement needs to be, sometimes motion is the exact potion to keep our emotions in check. That's your little tweetable saying for the day. <laughs> Sometimes motion is the perfect potion to keep your emotion in check. So move. Don't just stay stuck on the couch. Don't just stay tied to your desk. Get up and move. Shake it out. Take a walk. Dance it out. Stretch the body. Do some meditation even as you're stretching to breathe and to release any tension or anxiety. This isn't some woo-woo approach or some weird new age thing. It's the reality of your physical makeup that impacts your emotional health. And when we don't take care of that emotional part of us, it manifests into physical ailments we feel tension in our shoulders. We feel headaches. We get super tired and exhausted to where we can't recover. We may start to get sick even because we wear ourselves down from that emotional weight and stress. The other thing is you have to feed your body correctly. Now, if you know me personally, you know I am not the picture of a perfect physique. I love tacos <laughs> and I love comfort food. But there comes a point where I realize when I am not eating the right things, I feel it. I can literally feel my body shutting down. I don't sleep well. I have horrible indigestion at night. My joints feel achy and swelling and like inflamed. All of those things start to happen. I maybe feel more jittery because I'm amped up on caffeine and sugar where I know I need to be drinking more water or eating more fruits and vegetables, staying away from processed foods. You know, not that I don't treat myself every now and then, because believe me, I do. But trying to just be more mindful. Again, thinking of a new way of thinking, a new normal for me is drinking more water and making healthier uh, nutrition choices. I'm not sticking to some crazy fad diet. I'm just trying to make the right choice in the moment. French fries or a baked potato. I probably should go with baked potato or baked potato or side salad. Better yet, choosing a side salad, right? Like just those little choices. But when we make those kinds of choices for ourselves, it allows us to be healthier for the things we're going to face. I mean, think about it. Life is hard. And if you're already weighed down by a sickly body and a sickly spirit, you will never be in a position to really win the race. So why not take care of the body? Why not take care of the spirit? The other thing you can do in that is to get a good night's sleep. We are a sleep deprived society. You know, I'm not talking like 12 hours, but hello, four hours is not enough. We need good sleep and we need to create routines around that to get us in a place of good sleep, especially if you're a woman and your mind kind of runs all the time. You need to pare that down. You need to kind of start a shutdown process. These are things we've heard before. But again, when we're choosing a new normal, now's the time to start doing the things. Getting off our devices in the evening. Starting to walk away from work. Maybe even turning down some lights. Having quieter sounds around you instead of loud noise and chaos. 
providing like these little routines, maybe of stretching or maybe some yoga or some meditation. For me, it's like washing my face and putting on some good like night cream stuff that's like pampering myself in the evening. And it's like, it triggers my body to say, oh yeah, we're getting ready to go to bed. Uh, getting off my devices, having some downtime, whatever that needs to look like for you. It's about the thing that makes you work best. And so what is that? And your new normal is being able to choose that you get to have this way of self-care, that you get to create time and space and routines that allow you to take care of you. It's what's going to give you strength for the journey. It's what's going to allow you to wake up tomorrow and do it all again. Because life is too short to waste any of the time we've got. And if 2020 has taught us anything, we are meant to live a life that doesn't need more, but it just needs more purpose, more intention, more focus. We don't need more apps or more time or more gadgets. We don't need more functions to make us feel better or to let us feel significant. We don't even need to buy more stuff. How many of us purged half of our house in the middle of the pandemic? It's not about more, but it is about more intention, more purpose, more of you and what you want, not measuring against society, going against the social cues to say, I'm choosing something different for myself. And it's going to come with some adjustment. I'm going to maybe change the way I do things. What is in my house? What's on my calendar? How I look? Where do I show up for? What I choose to not show up for? What I put in my body? All of those choices, they're going to come with change. But it's a change you're choosing on your terms. It's a change you're choosing for the betterment of you. And it's the thing in the end that's going to create a new normal that you can sustain, that you can love, and that you can live with. Thanks for listening today, friend. I have such a heart for you to experience life the way you feel like it's designed for you. It is my passion. It is my purpose to encourage you to live differently today than yesterday. Not because something's wrong or broken, but because better and great is waiting for you. This brighter life, this bolder living, this thing that can be full of passion and zest and zeal. I want you to have that. And I'm hoping that some of what we talked about today gives you what you need to start moving in that direction. Remember, it doesn't have to happen all at once, all overnight. It's not an all or nothing option. It's just about taking a little bit of the step today and a little bit more of the step tomorrow to move the gauge, to move the needle closer to where you want to be. And if you think that someone might benefit from what you heard today or any of the podcasts that you may encounter here on the Live Revised podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. You can simply take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and share it on your social media, or you can just tell the people that you know to check out the Live Revised podcast on all of their favorite podcast platforms. We'll be back here next week to celebrate more with you and to celebrate the growth that you're having and the changes you're making and the greatness that's waiting for you. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.